BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator. Generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travers and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so excited to have you all here with me today. I'm joined by our friend from across the pond, Kay Smythe. She's an incredible commentator and writer for The Daily Caller and also hosts her own podcast, Kay Saves the USA, because apparently we need to bring people in from outside of the U.S. to save us these days because we seem to be a mess. Kay, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I think that's the kindest introduction I've ever had, ever. So <laughs> thank you. Well, we appreciate you. You you really have come into the U.S. And I want to, there's so many things that I want to talk about because just that idea of coming here from another country, you're watching what's happening at the border. You're uh, in this interesting age group that we call the millennials, which I'm trying to understand. So I, because I'm much older than you. So I want to, I want to go through all of this from your perspective, from that perspective of a young person watching from the outside of the country, then coming in and seeing what's going on. So if you could give us a little bit of perspective from that standpoint, maybe a little history to the people who are listening. What, what is, why did you come here? What are you doing? How did you decide this? All of that. That is, wow, that's a, it's a long answer. So I'm going to try and cut it down and be as succinct as possible. And I think it, what it really comes down to is I, I was very lucky. I got to travel the world a couple of times over really, uh, before I became an adult. And, you know, I went to China during the SARS epidemic because it was empty and cheap to go there. Uh, lots of different places in Africa, all over Europe. There's a reason it was cheap. Let's just be clear. My parents have great financial literacy. It's a true gift. Um, we did everything, everything in life on a budget. And so when people would say to me, you know, America is truly the land of opportunity. I didn't really know what that meant until I got a lot older. And when I was doing my undergraduate degree, I sort of stumbled upon this like really bizarre paradigm. And I'd been writing publicly for a long time at that point anyway. 
And I sort of coupled my more sociological writing with my actual sort of human geography, sociological studies. And when I came out to the States, literally just for a vacation, um, so you can kind of come out here for a couple of months. I just graduated, never took a gap year. I come from a very liberal socialist country and I was raised in that way. Uh, I found my faith completely on my own out of the blue one day. Uh, but it took me moving or realizing that I could get the sort of O1, O1 expert visa to stay in the States and study what was going on here, not within academia, but really for myself and the people that I work for. Um, but it took me going through that and sort of breaking down the data of what we saw sort of from about 2015 through to, I would say like 2019, 2020, just right up till the start of the pandemic. What I saw in the States, particularly in California, was this total neglect for common sense and humanity when it came to legislature and political decision-making. And me as sort of like a West Wing liberal, oh my God, I love Aaron Thorkin. Like I was one of those for so long. And then I saw it in practice and I was like, wow, hundreds of thousands of people are gonna die if we don't mitigate so many of these different massive crises. And guess what? None of them have anything to do with guns. It has nothing to do with Republicans being the bad guy and hating everyone. It has everything to do with just consistent decision-making on the parts of the Democrats that lead to death and decline for pretty much every demographic. Uh, so what I see when I look at America right now, contrasted to what I saw before I came here, is a completely different reality. I still 100% know that this is the greatest country on earth and I'm so lucky and so privileged to have been able to stay here for as long as I have and do my work. But I'm really scared that we're on a trend in terms of social decline, that it's gonna be really difficult for us to get back out of. I don't know, that was a lot. Did that sort of answer your question? No, no, That I love that. But you, I mean, you're seeing things from a different perspective, I think, that than most Americans are having come from the outside. And I think that we have this, you know, everybody talks about privilege of, of different varieties, but I do think that we have kind of this naivete about whether or not we're going to survive and continue to be powerful and whether you can really just have thousands of homeless people on the street. I think I heard yesterday something in the tens of thousands of homeless people on the streets in San Francisco. And you realize at a certain point, the system just breaks. There's no more support for that. If you bring in people who aren't paying taxes and they're taking from social systems, that system breaks. So what do you see from your perspective as some of those top country killers, really? That's, I'm gonna steal that. That is such a good way of putting it. Um, I love that, but I don't love it in practice. It's terrifying. Right. Uh, I, I, again, I, I try to stay away from a lot of the niche politics. You know, I turn to my colleagues, a lot of the Daily Caller for that. I turn to you, I turn to uh, probably a lot of the people that we both know. But I would say if we're gonna go high fidelity and look at the sort of top five, I would say economic insecurity. I think that the dollar is gonna end up not being the reserve currency if we continue on this trend. I also think we're gonna go through a massive housing, well, we're going through a massive housing crisis that no one's talking about. And I think we're gonna really see that sort of middle. Uh, let's go to, when you talk about that, so I think people, you know, a lot of people don't see what that means because 
they are in a house or they are in an apartment and they're like, well, for me, I'm safe, but you can't move people into communities. You can't build, you can't build buildings. You can't build businesses in communities if there are not houses for people to live in. And yet we are bringing in tens of thousands of people now on a weekly basis who don't even have jobs. So so the housing crisis is really something that can break people. But then you also have people that are buy that have bought houses that are above what they can afford now because there's not as many jobs there. Everything is coming to a head when it comes to housing right now. So how do you see that? Does that just crash us completely? Well, I laugh because I don't really know what else to do. And I laugh when I feel like I'm in sort of one of those situations where I have a lot of bad news and I'm sort of like, okay, here we go. So yeah, you, you, you hit everything, uh, on the head. So the first thing you touched upon, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, actually, like when we look at the number of people who've come in illegally over the border versus, you know, or combined with the number of people who are experiencing debilitating mental health issues that have led to homelessness, drug addiction, organized crime, regular petty crime, that's probably close to realistically, it's probably over a million people. Like there are 400 million people, give or take, in the country. Like, yeah, it's almost definitely well over a million people right now who can fit into any of those categories that sort of contribute to what is one faction of what will be this housing crisis. The other half of it are people like, I would say a majority of my friendship group, you know, I live out here in rural North Carolina. I rent specifically because there is absolutely no way I'm going to get into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt for a property that is not actually worth that. I'm going to be there at like a 7% mortgage rate, which means that, you know, a lot of poor people, and I don't mean poor financially, I mean like pity wise, a lot of people have now gotten locked into these mortgages. Some of them are interest only for the first five years. So they're basically paying rent to the bank. And in five years time, or whenever it comes up, they're going to get a notification from their bank. Hey, you owe us loads of money. So these people are going to go, oh, we can't afford to pay that every month, whatever this new rate is. We should sell our home and try and downsize. Well, you haven't built any equity in your home. All you've been doing is paying down the interest. The bank owns your property. And so we see hundreds of housing developments out here. We drive past them every single day. Most of them are sitting empty. Some of them are almost stagnated in terms of the work that's been done on them. They're massively overpriced to build because of the COVID-19 pandemic and what that did to the supply chain. Also, it's really hard to find people who want to build these days because most contractors know that they can go specialist. They know that they can make more money with a smaller team and just within their local community. And so what I think is ultimately going to happen is at some point, maybe in the next year, maybe in the definitely in the next 10, we're going to see a huge huge proportion of Americans who've been locked into these homes in the last two, three years with these extreme, extreme interest rates, they're not going to be able to afford to live there anymore. And they're not going to make anything if they try and sell their home. And if they do try and sell their home, they're going to lose money. They can't refinance. I wouldn't be surprised if most of these housing developments that are cropping up all over the place will then get bought by whatever remnants is left of the federal government and used to house these e extreme mentally ill people and all of these illegal immigrants. And one of the biggest... Well, that, that's another question, Sorry. though, is will the government buy up these housing, these communities, these buildings, and then they own 
of the property and you are always renting from the government. I mean, I know people go, oh, that's never going to happen, but they're slowly, government is slowly buying up property so people don't own their homes anymore. So if you don't have land ownership, what kind of a country are you? Exactly. And this was one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to spend more time here in the States. I mean, it sort of helped that I fell into a relationship that now, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in America for the rest of my life. And I realize that now, I think, I hope. But land ownership, I mean, back in Europe, sure, you can go out and you can buy like a really nice, I don't know, Spanish, French, Italian little farmstead, and you can live very peacefully and you can take care of yourself and have those freedoms to a certain degree. You're still going to have to pay extremely high taxes. Out here in the States, if you own your land and if you own it outright, you can literally support yourself and multiple generations of your family. It's that incredible because you've got the right climate. It's just it, it, everything grows out here. It's, it's really, really like there's nowhere else on earth like it. I cannot stress this enough. Um, but what I've seen a lot of is, uh, Blackrock or, um, Blackstone, one of these horrific mega corps mm -hmm. that's run by the global elites. Uh, they're buying up huge amounts of property. They know the worst case scenario, what well, people don't buy them. People don't rent them the government will bail them out. They are the government at this point. They're certainly this iteration of the government. And so I think it was probably last, it could have been last August, it could have been last March. I really can't remember. It all sort of blurs into one at this point. But I saw uh, Michael Burry, who's uh, most people will probably know from The Big Short. Uh, Christian Bale played him in that movie. He's a real incredible investor and just always has his finger on the pulse. Really, again, like from a sociological perspective and so from a sort of a trend forecasting perspective, he basically liquidated everything he had. And at that time, put all of his money into one stock that was focused on for-profit prisons and uh, macro mental health facilities. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. So he's looking five to 10 years, maybe three years down the line, realizing that this is the biggest social crisis, realizing that we're going to be going through a presidential election before anything really gets done about any of these crises, including the border. And so he's sort of weighing up what's going to work best for the most amount of people. Everyone knows someone who's been impacted by the opioid crisis. Everyone knows someone mm. who's had issues with drug abuse, who's ended up homelessness, um, in homelessness. And everyone is going to be impacted by what's going on on the border. Every single person in this country, no matter what the libs want to say. And so it's sort of one of those investments, I think, for Burry that is absolutely going to pay off in time. If we survive that long, you know, we could go through any number of cataclysms before then. But let's pray not. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. As we go through this, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm listening to you. I know that you have kind of created a brand that is sort of don't let politics so completely invade your life. So I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because it really can and it can destroy relationships. And you said you came here as a as a true liberal. So now that your values have have changed and you've seen things in a different way, how does that affect personal relationships in your generation? Because from from the the other viewpoint, from our viewpoint here in older generations, we go, how do we even reach them? How do we even talk to them? How do we even get them to see? And maybe it is not through a political lens, but how do we keep relationships going if, poli- if politics has just invaded every part of our lives. I keep saying this older thing, but you literally look younger than me. It's like, you are such an inspiration, <laughs> seriously. You can um, come back <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel so spoiled. Um, no, but that's, like, that's actually a really interesting question. And um, I'm sure you could answer it sort of for yourself as well in terms of the personal relationship stuff. You know, we have a we have a general rule of thumb in this household when my very liberal parents come and visit that uh, we don't talk politics. And if we do, it's because I'm talking about it and it's my work um, and it's my house that I pay for. So they have to follow my rules. Um, <laughs> you know, like we love each other so much and so unconditionally. And there are so many macro issues that we agree on in many different ways. Um, and so finding that sort of healthy communication through whatever those juxtaposed viewpoints are is, I mean, it's a task, like it always takes work, but I think it's worth it for the people that you really love um, and who love you. But, you know, Christianity is maybe like a slightly different one 
Um, my grandfather was a vicar, but again, my, my father was, you know, he still to this day is an atheist, uh, to almost like an extreme degree. And so that's one that we are still kind of figuring out how to communicate through. And I actually work with an organization called, uh, Million Voices and, they sort of represent a bridge between any demographic of voter in America and uh, local, state, federally elected politicians. And the way they do that is through letter writing campaigns, which just so happen to be actually the most effective way to make change other than voting in the first place. Letter writing campaigns have a huge impact on shifting policy. Uh, and so when I started working with Million Voices, I was also going through that sort of ma just it's a massive transition to go from being a, a secular liberal to a Christian conservative. And I didn't have anyone around me when I lived in California for many years who could speak to either of those sort of two themes. And what I see now, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the film Jesus Revolution by chance? I have not seen it yet, and I desperately want to. So I need to put that on my list of things to it's do. It's definitely worth it. It's it's a great film, um, no matter how you feel about faith or anything like that. But for me personally, what I see as being a great new pathway to accessing and influencing sort of like I'm I'm nearly 30, so I am technically a younger millennial um, or zillennial, I guess, is my like little epoch right there. Um, but it's, yeah, you're right. Like it's not really through politics. I think it's through pop culture. I think that that still has such a strong place in every single American's heart. So like, for example, when all the blood light stuff. I have to say, I think it's interesting that you bring up Jesus revolution because we saw the situation with Bud Light, where they came out with the Dylan Mulvaney can, the backlash of that. Everybody has been, I mean, they've lost what, $6 billion in, in revenue. I mean, this has been a huge disaster for Bud Light, but that was a very political move. Something that maybe seems a little bit risky or political, I guess, from, from the other standpoint you have them now talking about putting the fold of honor on their can and, and being very patriotic. And you've seen show movies like Jesus Revolution that just they were shocked by what the box office did and how much money came in for that movie. And similar with Top Gun Maverick, it was like, wow, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. So many people like this. But truly, I mean, if you're looking at the country, there are still a lot of Christians. So it makes sense that they would go see that movie. But certainly patriotism should be strong. And we think that it has fallen by the wayside. But as you've seen movies like that, that have been blockbuster hits, don't you think that some of these companies and some of these folks that have a cause would be better off bringing some patriotism patriotism into their branding because that shouldn't be controversial, right? Absolutely. And I think America has proven that it's not controversial. What's controversial is putting a dude who glorifies this weird cosplay, I don't even know what it is, pretend version of women that doesn't exist. Um, we've seen him literally take down one of the number one American brands, but really it wasn't Dylan Mulvaney. That was Americans. That was all of us getting together and saying, nope, don't want it. Don't like it. Get rid of it. That's not who we are. What were you thinking? 
And I, I work with, you know, like Public Square, I think is a great organization where people can kind of go on and find like exclusively American patriotic brands. But finding mainstream news media corporations who are willing to prop up those brands, I mean, it's just getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Like the actual sort of pool that you can source from to get eyes on your product. Like social media is great, but it's run by a very few, like very small number of individuals. The media is great, run by a very small number of individuals. How did these few people gain so much control? Because they're in the marketing space, they're in the media space. But really, I mean, what you just said, this is not the overwhelming feeling of the country. And so they find that something fails at the box office that is a radical liberal situation. You've got Disney where people are stopping using Disney Plus because of some of the crazy stuff that they've put out there for kids. And you see people stepping away and yet still... These very few folks are like, no, no, we're going to serve it up to them and they're going to eat it and they're going to be happy. And yet still the American public says that's not where we are. Have they found in the past that if they just keep force feeding people these concepts that eventually we do eat it and we do say, OK, yes, I will take it and I will be happy? Or have they gone too far? Another great question. I think that actually the answer to that goes back to one of the first questions you asked about um, the sort of biggest crises facing America. America and these sort of country killers right now. So global elites need to use things like uh, the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light situation. I think Harry and Meghan are another great example of what is essentially a distraction tactic because we have a housing crisis that's going to bubble into potentially a depression. We have total food insecurity and we're heading into what is going to be a year of pretty extreme weather events. It's already been a year of very deadly extreme weather events because as much as people want to scream and cry about it, no one on either side of the political spectrum gets climate change right. We're actually in a very niche, not very fluctuating moment in terms of climate. This is pretty chill but we haven't lived long enough and recorded data long enough to know what's going to happen next or prepare. And our, our politicians aren't going to do anything to prepare for it because uh, they make more money and they gain more control the fewer of us they are. I like it when people say it's global elites. And I sort of rank a lot of the Democratic Party in with that group because they're certainly not pro-American because all of the steps that are being taken right now are epic distraction tactics. They're incredibly loud. And so we think, like you and I, I think most of the people that you and I probably know within the media, we all think we're fighting this horrific battle to protect America. But that battle from the American people has already been won. And we win time and time again. This is why every major conspiracy theory that's come out in what, like the last five years has pretty much been proven correct because we sit there and we do not take it. But we're being distracted from the stuff that's really going to hurt us. We're being told, oh, you live in the first world. Everything's going to be fine. You have a roof over your head. Of course, we're going to give you that mortgage. Uh, yeah, eggs are pretty expensive right now, but they won't be forever. Also, how many vegetables are you growing in your garden? So we can check that too. You know, all of this stuff is just one giant distract distraction tactic for what I think is going to be either a very sudden thing that changes the face of the world entirely 
or the gradual decline of America from being a first world country by a niche group of people who are making a lot of money from doing it. And I know that sounds dark and it sounds like something out of a crazy conspiracy theory horror movie, but that's just what the data shows. And it's shown that for a very long time. This has been starting since probably before even the Clintons came in, but they really ramped it up. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash tutor. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. There is this panic, though, that there will be a clash of the two sides. I mean, you've heard people talk about the country in another civil war and all of these discussions of of people having to fight the government. I don't ever see that happening because I believe that, you know, the, I mean, the government is too powerful, first of all, that you're not going to overthrow the government. And I I think that people think that you can. Don't you think that you have to get involved? Don't you think that the the point of the way the country was formed is that people continuously get involved and get involved for the right reasons. But I see too many people getting involved to become a, something special rather than for the right reasons of doing it. So how do people on either side of the aisle make sure that they are supporting folks who are in it for the right reasons and trying to solve some of these problems instead of, I mean, what you said about these folks that are making money off of this, I mean, look at just the EV car market. You have Ford just lost $2 billion on the EV market. It's not taking off. Consumers are not loving it. They continue to put more and more taxpayer dollars into it. It's such a joke because ultimately you have to power these cars, which is coming from coal and natural gas. We've 
stopped drilling. We're giving, and once you stop that, once you stop having that, that income for the country, but also that security and that independence for the country, and also that security when people just go to the gas, to the gas station, they have to fill up their tank and it's less money. I mean, once you give that up, you've really put the United States in a compromised situation. But what does this mean for the average person and how do they get the right people to run to make these things happen instead of trying to become famous and make their own money? Oh, Tudor, you're literally my new favorite person. I don't know if like, <laughs> I know we know a lot of the same people, but like, I'm sh like, I am not a huge fan of doing media. I have, I, I accidentally got famous for like five minutes once in LA and I hated it. But obviously like when I, when I got your message, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, of course I'd like to have a conversation. And so when I do media, it's literally just with my friends, like a niche group of people, because here's what the answer is, guys. Literally focus local. What is going on in your backyard? What is going on with your local legislature? What is going on that you can affect right now? Because guess what? If you're living out on the East Coast, someone doing something in West Hollywood isn't actually going to affect you. This is such a massive, massive chunk of land that we live on. And there are so many of us here. I think the best thing that everyone can do is just start focusing local. And when I say that, I don't just mean in terms of like, oh, I'm just going to write about like the news that's going on here in North Carolina. No, I'm going to track what's going on in North Carolina pretty much in like my spare time. I can't actually get involved in any political stuff. All I can do is write. Every time I get a phone call from someone I know who lives, works, donates, uh, writes, owns different media outlets, anything here in North Carolina, I put everything down. I say, download me on everything that's going on because I need to tell all of my neighbors. I need to tell everyone that I love so we can do something to mitigate this rubbish. And I tried to do the same thing in California and it didn't work, but it does work here in North Carolina. And that's the incredible thing because, you know, California, for the most part, the cities, they're made up of transplants. They're not made up of people who have, you know, their sort of blood in the soil there, if you will. Whereas my boyfriend's family has been here for like hundreds of years and pretty much every other family I know has been here for hundreds of years. And so people really care and value what goes on in their backyard. And that is the change that every single person can affect today. There was actually, I'm trying to think of a good example, but there was this one chap, um, Staggs, I want to say his name was Staggs. Uh, he's a mayor out in Utah. And I heard, now this is just like a rumor but I heard that when all the COVID stuff came down and, you know, the federal government was saying, oh, everyone who works the police, everyone has to get vaccinated. Everyone has to do masks. Everyone has to do that. He just kind of turned around and went, no, we're not going to do that. You guys like this is America freedom. You guys do what you want. He showed up to a local school board meeting and basically said, you are basically providing our students with pornography. The teachers have tried to tell you about it. The parents have tried to tell you about it. You guys aren't doing anything about it. So I thought I'd come down here today and tell you this is what your electorate has told you to do. So you need to start doing it. And I just thought, can you imagine if every politician did that? Can you imagine if every single citizen realized that that is the power that they have is to turn around, point a finger and say, no, we don't want this anymore. I also heard a rumor. I think our politicians don't think that because they become beholden to the people who help get them elected. I mean, I was kind of shocked by the process. And I think that there are a lot of people who also are look at 
politicians today and they see kind of these these people that come around them and and sort of worship them and they're like oh that's i want that too it's like a next level of being some sort of a famous star and i actually had a guy just today who i was talking to about this and he was like i don't know i i feel like there's not a good person to run for the seat. And I think it might be me, but I also feel like I don't know if that's what I want right now. I'm not sure. I don't know why I feel like this. And I said, if you don't feel a little sick about it and you're not fighting with God a little bit about it and saying, I'm not sure I'm the right person. If you are the person that is out there going, this is where I'm meant to be and I'm going to go out there and everybody's going to love me. That's wrong. You have to be questioning it. I mean, if you want to be there and be a servant, then the only way you can serve well is to really question what serving means and who wants you to serve. And if it's your desire or if you're being called to it. That's so fascinating. Well, you you obviously have had a far more prolific career than I have and have far more access in terms of the sort of ratio in the people that you have been exposed to, spoken to, what is the kind of ratio of people who feel that way, who realize that like, oh, I'm about to get dragged into this nasty swamp full of like mutant alligators who are going to preach at me? I, I really think, I mean, I think that there have been more people lately who have said, gosh, I think I'm called to do this, whether it is school board or county commissioner or governor. I've talked to people who have all said, I feel like I'm being called to get involved. But honestly, I mean, I just lived this, you know, I don't think you really when you talk about the swamp, I don't think you can really understand how slimy the process of running for office is until you've done it. And it's the worst part is when your own side just goes after you and and tries to destroy you and, and how cutting it can be. So I think that you really if you're not doing it from your heart and from a calling that's beyond you, really beyond your heart, then you can't get through it. You just can't. Well, it sounds like what you're describing, it sounds like a sort of variable or a factor that is part of this kind of great awakening we're seeing. You know, going back to Jesus Revolution, right. um, the movie tells the story of how Pastor Greg Laurie kind of came to be. He went from being in like a like some military school meets uh, a woman who actually goes on to be his future wife and gets sort of dragged up in the whole hippie scene, like doing LSD and, you know, drugs and partying. And, you know, I've had my own experiences on that side of the spectrum too. And what really blew me away about Jesus Revolution, you know, it's a true story and this is all going on in sort of like the 60s and 70s, is the way the sort of Pastor Lori found his way through that hole, right, that exists in terms of like, there is something missing here. Let me try and fill it with as many different things as possible. Let me go out, be crazy, you know, try and find happiness in anything other than God, basically. And, mm -hmm. you know, I found my faith well before I realized how lucky I was that I'd found it or that he'd found me. And I sort of went through that whole sort of situation myself, uh, living in California and sort of being like part of the scene, which I think is kind of funny, right? There's very little difference to me right now between uh, what I experienced in Hollywood and what I've experienced in DC. Um, there's just way more suits in DC. Right. Uh, it's, it's like people basically audition. It's crazy. The number of people in this country right now who feel that gap, who feel that hole inside of themselves, and they're desperately searching for something to fill it with, whether it's, you know, going through 
the extremes of like trying to become a different gender or just being depressed and waking up every day and being like, what is the point in this? And then having that depression leach into their other relationships and sort of, you know, just snowball out of control. You know, the answer to all of that, I really do think comes from being a Christian and being a patriot and nothing is ever going to make you feel better or make you feel more purpose or make you feel happier than having a little bit of Jesus in your heart. And so hearing that so many different people now are sort of standing up and saying, I don't want to do this thing in the same way that I don't really like, I feel uncomfortable when I do media. I feel like a dork. I stumble over my words. I just like, I'm not prim and proper. And we can laugh about that uh, at another time off air. It's the same kind of thing. I, I laugh now because I think, no, you sound, I mean, first of all, you really don't even have to have your words correct or sound like you know anything because you have this accent. So as Americans, we're just immediately like, she's amazing. She's the most intelligent person on the planet. I'm going to dine out on that forever. I love it. <laughs> it's true. But I mean, I'm sitting here and I, I am honestly throughout this interview, I'm like, what did I do wrong with my life? Because how is this girl not even 30 yet? And she knows all this stuff. So I, th I am just completely amazed by you. I think it's incredible. I hope that I hope that people tune in to what you're doing and go to the to the Daily Caller. But also, I love that your podcast is K Saves the USA, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, she really knows a lot more about this country than we do. I feel kind of stupid, but I love it. It's amazing. Well, thank you. I'm actually kind of disappointed. I had to delete, I think it was three or four episodes of my show for the last season. It's a long story as to why, and I'm sort of trying to let it play out in reality before I go out there and talk about it publicly because it has a lot to do with a lot of my like actual close friends again like I the only reason I did the podcast is because I was like well if I'm gonna be surrounded by really cool fascinating brilliant people outside of work why not record the conversations that I have with them and put them out there to the public and then my cat fell asleep on my uh on my mixing deck and that's that's gone forever so I've got to sort out a new mic but there will be new episodes coming out um, so I really appreciate the plug. And I know I'm very doom and gloom in a lot of the stuff that I talk about, but this conversation, Tudor, I feel so much more hope now hearing this from you. And I think it's conversations like this that need to happen, right? But I think it needs to happen again on that like local community level. Have those difficult conversations with your neighbors about politics, about social issues. You know, like, I can't tell you the number of people that I had to explain to when I lived in Venice Beach, like, hey, if you keep voting for this one particular councilman, like, you can do what you want. This is freedom. This is America. But here is policies. You're going to see more homeless people shooting up in your driveway. That's just like, that is the social math here. And I don't know if I had any impact. I probably didn't. But at least if you see something that's wrong, say that it's wrong and have that conversation about the why. And most of the whys from our side of the spectrum are kind of irrefutable at this point, I think. I mean, that's what I think the difference is. As I've been listening to you talk, honestly, I don't hear you saying you're wrong and this is terrible. I don't hear the doom and gloom. I hear you saying, be aware of your choices. Your choices have consequences. And I've seen this. I've lived this. I've been places and I've seen it. And I will tell you that one of those choices is getting a cat. I have also made the mistake of getting a cat because they do step on your computer. So 
I don't know about the cat thing. I'm going to say I went to cat. I went, I accidentally went on cat adoption day and I got a cat. And now I am also in the situation where she walks on my stuff, but I have to love her because she's a part of my family now. Do it's like when you make that, a decision to bring what is essentially a demon creature into your home. You go, I don't want to have nice things anymore. That's fine. Oh, you want to sleep on my head? That I, I love it. I'm here for it. Oh, you want to take a chunk out of my face because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Yeah. Well, they're good pest control, and we we're we're an animal family, and we've got a little bit of land at this rental, so I would have way more if I could. I pray for you. I'm really I'm really sorry. How many how many glasses have you lost off the edge of tables? Oh, yeah. I, no, that she does. She walks right up to you and she looks at you, and I'm like. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. And she always knocks it off. And the kids, so I have four kids, so they leave them. And no matter how many times I'm like, you know what will happen. <laughs> she will break this glass. Do not leave this on the edge of the counter. But they do it anyway. And then we have this little dog and he looks at us like, oh, why did you do this? You did you not love me enough? And I'm like, you are so sweet and so good. And we did love you enough. It's just that she had this face at Cat Adoption Day. And so I love her, but I have a love-hate relationship with her. So, me too. and I and same. I'm like one of the girls that works with me. Just or I think that just this morning she said the girls told me that you told them they could go out and catch bunnies if they wanted to. I'm like, I know. What's wrong with me? I don't want a bunny in the house. <laughs> but I, there's, I don't know why I would say that. Well, it's but fun. That's but I, like, I isn't that what kids are supposed to do? Like, I don't know. I I, right. I feel so grateful that I was part of that like lost generation before like like I grew up with the landline we had four tv channels we didn't have cable in my house until like 2010 I think we had one computer with the internet and then I think that was it until I probably went to like college or something like that so yeah you go out you collect pets this is from why the you're yard. so smart well yeah I mean I yes this is I that I think everybody listening right now should recognize that this is a young woman who just said that she was not completely obsessed with social media and phones and TV. And look at how, look at what you've done. And I'm, I really, I hope you will come back because I could honestly talk to you all day. This has been so much. I fun. feel the same way. I really do. Thank you so much. And honestly, everything I've said is just rubbish. It's the accent. You'll hear it when, you know, after the upload and everything. <laughs> You're going to go, wow, she really got us with that one. But see, like we never say rubbish. I'm like, I love it. It is rubbish. (laughs) Case, tell everyone where they can find you because I know everybody is going to want to make sure that they check out all of your stuff. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, Okay, so Case, my stupidest name in the world. Thanks, mom and dad. So it's K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E. And if you Google me, you will find me. Pretty much just like Twitter and Instagram. I also will turn my phone off for like three days at a time. Um, and like three people will know how to get in touch with me. So please forgive me if I'm ever slow at replying everyone on socials. I will get back to you. K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E. Thank you. <laughs> Such a silly thing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening to us on the Tudor Dixon podcast. As always, for this episode and others, you go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check us out on the iHeartMedia app, the media podcast app, and also Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. That's where you can get us. It's the Tudor Dixon podcast. Everyone have an awesome day. I'm so glad you were with us here to hear all this rubbish today. I'm going to try to add that in. 
two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash tutor. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.